0: My team, Kanda, power. I power. I love the power. I love
1: the power. Hi, and welcome to a very exciting edition of the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast, a weekly show dedicated to talking all things Port Adelaide. I'm Enviable Tradition, and this week I'm here with my co-host MacA19. Okay, power. <laughs> and also Don Draper as well day, Don G'day boys Hey How are you? And, uh, and so obviously it's a pretty exciting this week It's a big week in Adelaide with a showdown on And an even bigger week when we get up by just four points You know it was a fantastic game It was super exciting It, it, it just had everything as far as support, supporters go um, slightly less exciting to see Port, the Maggies go down by 63 points to Norwood, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's focus on the power win because it was magnificent. And uh, we might jump straight into it, guys. We might jump to you, Maka, and get your love and your hate for the week.
2: Sure thing. My love for this week is just the Port Adelaide Footy Club as a whole. I mean, what a fantastic <laughs> footy club we support here. Um, I mean, from sort of late last week with the reserves issue, and the, the stance we took with that, I was so proud of uh, the fact that we're not going to get rid of our zones uh, and all the, the hoo-ha about that. And then the showdown win. I mean, just what a brilliant, brilliant win. It's probably the best win for the year. Um, I mean, my dad always told me, I still go to the footy with him every week. I love it. Um, he always told me, never ride off the Magpies, never ride off Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true again. You know, we haven't had that for so long now, for the last four or five years, Um but it's true again, you, you can trust in these players, you can trust in this group, that never-giving attitude, um, it's just so proud and so fantastic um, to believe in this club again. Um, so that's my love. Um, my hate this week, it's a bit of a cheeky one. Um, I just wished, knowing that we won the game, in hindsight it would have been so much better if Chad Wingard took a mark 20 seconds later and had a kick after the siren to break <laughs> the pro's hearts. That would have, that would have just been perfect.
1: Nice. I like it. I like it. Donnie, what did you think, mate?
3: Um, Well, my love of the week was everything, like life in general. Um, No one likes (laughs) going to work on a Monday morning, but I loved it this week. It was just fantastic. Um, But on a serious note, uh, our captain, Travis Boak, he's just everything to me right now. I just love that boy so much. Um, His three involvements especially, uh, the last bounce after Gus Gold, um, the bounce... He was first to, to the ball, first to win the clearance, which he was just everywhere in that la- last quarter. I think he sprayed it and went to Brad, and then Brad went to the wing, and then Boak was just there again somehow. And then the ball goes into the half-forward line, and Trav wins a great 50-50 to handball to uh, Wines, to um, handball to Gus to set up the wing guard goal. He's just like he's just an absolute true captain. He just wheels us over the line. He was brilliant against Brisbane. And I think he was even better in the showdown. If we didn't have a boy called Chad Wingard, who is just a star, I think Bokey would have um, gone very close to that medal, or at least the best port player. (laughs) And and so what did you hate, mate? Um, I hated how we started the third quarter. Um, At halftime, I couldn't see anything but us winning. We had all the run. We looked better. And... um, we just came out so flat, you know. Our run completely dried up. We couldn't move the ball. Some really poor turnovers. No one seemed to be moving up up, up the ground. And um, and they I mean, Schultz marked against Rotten and, and Gold, and that stemmed the flow a bit. But we just can't let sides stifle us like that and then go down the other end and hurt us. It happened against St Kilda, where we just kind of stopped playing and let them come back. Happening against Brisbane a little bit, but I think uh, um, Brisbane just kind of made us p- uh, pay by kicking really well. Um, yeah, so just go us from turnovers. we just got to stop them. But uh it's hard to really hate anything. I was I had to think long hard <laughs> about that one. It was a pretty good week.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Absolutely. you know, my love my love for the week was just really just the delicious Crows fans' tears. Like it was it was one of those games <laughs> where you just you know, you could just feel their hearts break as that Montfrey's ball bounced through. Like I reckon as that ball bounced through, everyone went. They're going to do this. Like you could just feel it coming. Like you just went, "This is just our day." And the Crows fans must have just been sitting there going, "Oh, not again!" I can't believe they're going to beat us in a showdown again. And uh, that was just fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Um, my hate for the week was Bruce McAvaney. He was giving. I actually really like Bruce as a commentator. I reckon he's usually pretty good. He's he's a great commentator usually. But uh, that call from his, for someone who's usually a pretty unbiased commentator, who usually does a pretty good job, I reckon, was pretty ordinary. It was, it was just barracking. And I don't, I don't know whether that's a directive they get now to start barracking more for the teams and being a bit more one-sided in their calls to try and add some drama. Or I don't know what's going on there, but it was, it was un-Bruce-like, and it was just poor for a Port supporter watching that, listening to the way he was sort of pandering to that crows audience and you know trying to will them over the line it's like just call the game bruce you're so good at it when you just call the game just stick to what you do best i reckon so you, um,
2: he went pretty quiet in the last four minutes did yeah yeah bruce?
1: exactly that was the only good bit about it yeah. so um so yeah that was my hate for the week so maca you're you're the review gun so we're going to throw to you <laughs> to do the review of the game and uh, and then we might pass it around to everyone else a little bit after we've had your uh, in-depth analysis so tell us what you thought of the game as a whole mate
2: All right. I mean, what a stunning victory it was. I mean, Port Adelaide ended up running out winners by four points uh, with a kick about 20 seconds from the siren. Um, They won 17 5 to 15 13 in the end. Um, It was just a brilliant game of football to watch. It was almost the exact opposite of the Brisbane game, which was pretty hard to watch. You know, pretty ordinary skills. This one, this was, you know, bang on, ready to go from the first siren. Um, it was a pretty even first quarter. The game opened up in the second um, with Port Adelaide kicking seven goals. Um, we really started to get on top in that midfield. Um, we created many scoring options, um, especially guys like Wingard and Hartlett kicked three in the first half. Lobi was dominating the ruck. Um, and then it all turned to shit. Um, after half time, it was so similar to the St Kilda game uh, where we just, I don't know if we, I don't know what's going on at half time, whether we just sort of, in our minds, we relaxed that 5% and let the opposition have a bit of a sniff. But the Crows came out, they kicked the first goal, they ended up kicking four goals in about six minutes um, to take the lead. It was pretty unexpected. Um, we just lost our run, we lost our handball, we were very sloppy. Our defence was a mess. We you know, we, we failed to have any options up forward to, to kick to. Um, and the Crows ended up leading by uh, two kicks at, at the final change. Um, personally, I thought we were gone. I thought this is so similar to the security game, but we're actually behind now instead of a couple of goals up at the last change. I thought, you know, they, they are looking really, really tight. Um, and the fourth quarter, I mean, what a fantastic struggle. I mean, it, it ebbed and flowed. You know, we got the first two of the last quarter, we got it back to a couple of points, um, and then Adelaide kicked away again. Um, their midfield got on top, You know, Johnston got into the game again, Dangerfield kicked another, um, and then they stopped. Oh, I don't know if they thought they had it won, but it was, a, it was an epic choke, um, uh, and I'll talk <laughs> about the, the, the turning points from Port's point of view in a minute. Um, But there was a pretty big turning point. Um, I mean, it's been talked about a lot, but Lewis Johnson decided to have a a, a crack at goals. Uh, From about 55 out, he had Dangerfield about 15 metres um, on his own, uh, 15 metres out from goal. Um, They could have iced the game there, run down the clock. Um, There would have been a minute left. You know, could we do it? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, But in the end, we we cleared the ball from the the stoppage. Um, Monfrey's... I don't know what he hit in that goal square, but <laughs> there, there must be a badger down there or something. I'm not sure. I think I think that's where Rick is tonight. I think he's down there trying to work out what happened. Um, <laughs> I think there's and, been a few Port
1: fans turned to religion this week after that. It was just oh, like...
2: <laughs> after the last game against Carlton. I'm going to run onto the field and kiss that spot where the ball landed. I think, um, and then obviously Wingard took an absolute fantastic mark right near the end, kicked the goal, um, and then goes brilliant. Um, stoppage clearance to ice the game in the final seconds.
3: Jackson was uh, terrific in that last um, ruck ruck contest. I think it was uh, um, Hocking that moved him there. He said that his uh, leap would really benefit us and Hinkley went with that, which is good to to see our uh, coaching box operating that way. I quite like that, you know. It's not just Ken and then everyone else. It's a real big team um, ethos there. Yeah,
2: it was so Primus-esque, and even Russell Johnston-like. You know, the ball went to ground. He followed up, and he just hoofed the living crap out of it, and it went seventy <laughs> metres down to the pocket and out of bounds. I mean, you couldn't ask for the, that. Was the perfect thing to do at that point in the game.
3: Do you think Jackson could uh will will play there more? Can you guys see him really becoming like a, a pinch hitting ruckman, like a uh, Westoff is for us? Or do, do you him think a I, I
1: yeah. think it's a tough gig. I it's a tough gig for a backman. it's hard to have a backman drop out of the back lines and come into yeah, the ruck without leaving you short. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot easier for a forward, you know, you can go small in your forward line and you can do it that way, but when you're playing as a key backman, you know, unless something happened, you know, unless you're either, you know, kind of desperate and need a bit of a run late in the game and you can have a crack at it or you know, there's an injury for the opposition and all of a sudden you, you know, you're left a bit tall, then he can go into the ruck. But otherwise, when he's, when he's your key cog, your centre-half back, you know, your leader in your background, and he is such a leader now, um, it's really hard for him to go consistently and regularly into the ruck, I think.
3: I wouldn't mind it as much if, um, if Jonas was there. I think um, having Carlisle Jonas and maybe even like, Homsch back there then Trengo can kind of push up and be a bit more of a swingman, But I think, like, I think, um, center halfbacks is, you know, we need Tim to cement that, that, that spot. But I was very happy with his, with his, uh, cameo. <laughs> yeah. It was a ripple, wasn't it? Yeah. Just a few points. Um, I reckon easily my favorite win of the season as I'm sure it's everyone's we've had some great ones, but just the manner in which we were able to win. Like you just can't beat that. We'll be talking about this game for years to come. Um, it's massive in the context of us making the eight. So with Carlton losing on the Saturday, we had everything to play for, you know, and just to, that will to get over the line, we're not going away, you know. If We're going to fight this to the bitter end here. Um, Chad Wingard, I mean, we all know how great he is. What more can you really say? But uh, he's he's clutch. Like he says, he's uh, sporting idols, LeBron James. He played like him, you know. He wanted the, he wanted the ball. He wanted the big moment. Five goals, 24 touches. I mean, <laughs> he's 19, you know, you've got to pinch yourself sometimes. Yeah? He's a second year player. To put up numbers like that in the context of the game, I mean, it was a Fonters like game, just says it all. Um, and what I love about him is he's not like an X factor for us, and that, you know, he, if he's on, he's great. He's always on. Like, he's been consistent, and he's going to be, it's just fantastic for us going forward that we can rely on him to really give us a spark. Almost always, you know.
1: Yeah, it's pretty it's phenomenal pretty- for someone that young to be playing that good, that consistently, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's there's not many players that can do that.
2: I keep it's- waiting for him to, to fall over or get tired yeah, or fatigue yeah. as the season goes on, but it's, it's just not happening. Like, yeah. He gets better. It's incredible.
3: Well, he I played, what, like, 20 games last year? Like, for a first-year yeah. player, that's, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> that's a lot of football to play. Normally, they're so dead, they're, they're nurtured and, and everything, or they get injured, you know. He's just... I mean, touch wood here, but he's just, uh, yeah, he's just great.
1: <laughs> and that's probably, that's probably one of the most pleasing things for us is we have got these young guys continuing to perform so deep into the season. Like, even guys like, you know, Ollie Wines, you know, wasn't his brilliant best, but is still, you know, chugging away, getting some good numbers, playing some good footy. You know, Wingard's doing well. Moore's doing well. You know, Colquhoun comes in, does well. You know, these young guys deep into the season, when often they start to fade, just look like they're getting better and better.
3: Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of, a, often of a experience from the game. So I was sat behind the goal where, uh, um, where Chad kicked, kicked the goal. Um, and I, obviously the um, atmosphere was fantastic. The uh, banter with the fans was all right. But there were these four guys, sorry, two guys and two girls in front of us, these Crow fans, who uh, came out with, with probably the call of the century that uh, Mark Bickley was a better footballer than Warren Treadrow quickly <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. yeah. oh, so uh, one of the one of the uh, one of my um friends let them know all about that and then proceeded to tell everyone else um but uh, they started singing the crow song with three minutes left so that was pretty brilliant. fantastic yeah just, <laughs> you can't write that you know um, <laughs> and just the passion like our fans like they were <laughs> absolutely brilliant you know the noise that they created at, at the end there like you couldn't tell it was a Crows home game, you know? The, uh, yeah, it, it's all a bit of a blur for me. But I think I, I think I fell over a couple of Royals just hugging random people. So yeah. <laughs>
2: it was heard, it was just really. I heard the Moi came out as well.
3: Uh, yes, the MOE did come out. <laughs> I got sprayed in a, in a Maui. I thought that, you know, it might have been a bad uh, omen that a few of the guys bought it before the game. They were that confident that we were going to win. But if ever there was a moment for MOE, it was that.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. And I've got to say, it was one of those games where. I actually, I, I thought we were going to win it the whole time. It's such a weird thing to say, but if you go back and have even on the game day thread, I was watching it at home this time. I, I usually like to go to the away showdowns, but I was watching it at home. I was typing away, and I just had this feeling that we just, we just kept going. You know, even when we started playing bad, you sort of felt like if we can just hang in, they were always going to come out hard at the start of that third quarter, and they were always going to start to peg it back a little bit. But you just felt like if we just hang in here, you know, we we just we've got them, we've got them covered. And really, it's about those young guys who are stepping up. I mean, even even Boak, you know, he's still a pretty young guy, and he's just stepped up to a whole nother level. You know, Jackson Trengove stepping up to a whole nother level. But, you know, guys like Wingard, guys like Moore, um, as I said before, Cole Hoon I thought was just fantastic for a, what was his second game player, I think. Um, you know, I just thought he was exceptional. His composure and his decision-making in that game was just magnificent and, and got us out of a few tricky situations. So... Um, you know, it was just one of those games where you thought you know this team and I tell you what there's no way I would have thought that in the previous couple of years but this yeah. year you just watch a game like that and you think now nah, this team can do this and and they're gonna do this and uh, and that's a really great thing you know, I think that's what we've all always loved about following Port Adelaide is that no matter what situation you're in you know you think you know this team can do this I remember that uh, that grand final was it a semi-final against the Eagles where we were getting flogged and um, and, you know, we were getting done, and I had a mate who was there who was an Eagles fan who was just giving it to me. And, you know, you just went, no, nah, this is Port Adelaide. Like, you just don't know what you're talking about. And sure <laughs> enough, we came back. Scotty came back from an injury, I think, kicked a bag in the last quarter, and you just kind of go, you know, that's just what we do. You know, it's what Port Adelaide do, and it's why people hate Port Adelaide, let's face it, it, because we've done that to them over and over again. And it's so nice to see it come back. So nice. All right.
3: What did you guys think of um, Hartler's game, by the way?
1: Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. I thought, yeah. um, you know, not his exceptional best. Again, as I said about Ali Wines, he, you know, he can play better. But if if we can get that out of Hartlett every week on a consistent basis, we, you know, you'd be you'd be very happy. I reckon.
3: Uh, his first half was brilliant. Like, you know, he's it was that that, that goal he kicked in the first quarter. He's just that yeah. that leg is just phenomenal. That was phenomenal I thought he climbed it? up a bit in the second half, but maybe a bit more attention went to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had three goals to half-time. I thought he had the medal. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I was... Well, t- I, I thought was, he had yeah, a great yeah. game. Yeah, yeah?
2: yeah I, I thought he was brilliant. I thought it was probably his oh, second or third best game for the year. Um, yeah, I mean, that first half... I mean, this is why everyone that posts on Big Footy know how uh, critical I've been of him. Um, earlier in the season. And I just don't understand why we don't put him on the half-forward flank more often because yeah. he's that dangerous in front of goals. Yeah. Instead of us throwing him in, in a back pocket where he just can't get a kick, can't get into the game, chuck him into the forward lines and he's going to kick a couple of goals every single week. And, and he, he does not have getting to. it in the midfield.
1: And let's face it, he doesn't have to be right in front of goals. Anywhere forward or centre, just about, he's, <laughs> he's, exactly he's out right. of a crack.
2: Oh, that, yeah. that first goal went about <laughs> 75 metres. It was, it was massive.
3: On a half forward flank, you know, even if you just can't get into, into the game, chuck him there. You know, if he takes a mark sixty five out, he's gonna have a crack, you know, and that could be like a real fire starter for him, you know. And then, I think he's a big confidence player. I like think get a few early touches, from in the middle because his clearance work can be quite good. But yeah, yeah like when he's not on, he's just terrible. You know, it's a fine line.
2: Yeah, well, question to the floor. Um, yeah. Obviously, it looked. Like, we were a little bit done, a little bit cooked, uh, with about 10 minutes to go. Um, What was the turning point? Like, where did we... What changed in that last 10 minutes that won us the game?
3: Um, I think when Colquhoun got... I thought that, you know, this could be on here, you know. Because that was... was For a young kid to just slot that, I thought, this could be something good here, you know. Um, But I thought it was just our uh, our general clearance, though. Like, Boak in that last quarter was everywhere. He was fantastic. And even... Like the play that set up um, Gus's wonder goal was, I think it was O'Shea's, like Brad Campbell to O'Shea. And then just, just just to have that, I'm just going to bomb it long here, you know? I'm just going to throw it on the boot. And for Jackson to um, to take that risk and, and push up, I don't know if that was a coaching initiative or if he just took it upon himself to just run off. I don't know what the Crows were doing. Though. <laughs> That's How can you have that one-on-one? In that at that time, you know, all they really needed was to put a couple of men back just to block that O'Shea kick. But yeah, the ball bounced well for Jackson and the ball bounced even better for Mumfrey. So, Um, yeah, yeah, just that will to just move the ball quickly and just, you know, risk it, you know, it was great.
1: Well, I I put two words down here for that, Maka, and that was leadership and heart. And I thought, you know, when the game was on the line, you know, our leaders, Jacko went into the middle, you know, Boke stepped up. I thought, you know, those those leaders at our club just stepped up. You know, even got that crucial touch that you mentioned. You know, those leaders actually stepped up and just willed the ball. They won the footy. They won the taps. They got it going forward. And, and they just showed that leadership and they showed that heart. And it wasn't even our, you know, our actual, you know, named leaders, but there was real leadership from guys like Wingard, guys like Monfries, guys like Moore in that last quarter. You know, all of the players were showing leadership and just, diving in there and all saying, do you know what, I'm going to be the one who makes this happen. I'm going to be the one who turns this game. And uh, and I thought that's what it was. I thought it was um, you know that leadership and heart that was so present in the Port team. And you know, let's face it, the, the leadership I don't think was there on the Crows team at all. Um, I thought that was a pretty stark difference.
2: Yeah, look, kind of can't disagree with any of that. Um, I think... Obviously, we've, we've spoken about him quite a bit now, but Trengove moving into the ruck in the last 10 minutes, so that was so crucial. He had that big leap over Jacobs, and it was a double whammy because we kept playing Lobie against Jacobs around the ground. Mm. We just put Trengove into the centre square. Um, obviously, Bokes, massive, massive last quarter. I mean, that's, that's probably better than anything I've seen from Ablett or Watson this year in terms of a captain <laughs> taking control of a game like that and winning it um, for his club. Um, I thought Andrew Moore had a massive last quarter as well, and yeah. obviously Gray and Wingard stood up under pressure when it counted most. Yeah. So who are your best players, Mecca? Uh I remember I was talking about this um, last week, and I said, well, I think it's going to be the foot soldiers that win the game. Um, and you said, no, I reckon it's going to be the cream that rises at the <laughs> top. Um if, if Adelaide held on, I reckon it would have been the foot soldiers that won it for them because they had a lot of second and third stringers that, that really did perform on the day. Yeah. But for us, I mean, you can't go past our cream. I mean, Wingard was best on ground. Boak was just behind him. Corns took Douglas to the cleaners. Um, obviously, Hartlett's massive game. I mean, I thought his last quarter was very, very underrated as well. Um, Gray had a massive quarter in the in the last when it mattered. Um, and Andrew Moore, I thought, you know, he did such a good job in, in not letting Dangerfield boss him around in the midfield. And he was off the leash a bit in the last quarter, and I thought he um, he stood up when it mattered as well. And pretty much all of them are first-round draft picks. So mm. it, it was absolutely the cream that rose to the top to win this one. Beautiful. Who do you have,
3: Donnie? Uh, obviously, Chad, uh, best on. Then um, uh, Bokey at Hammer. Uh, third best um I just thought Robbie Gray was fantastic, you know he gave us a lot of energy and um tap to him that was the first off the uh run on at the end there just the awareness to keep on running and um slot it um was 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 great uh there's a few that could have got the last, but um, I'm probably going to go with uh, Kane for the job he did on Douglas. You know, I only really realised today I was going through the stats, and I was like, "Where is Douglas's name here?" And I kept on scrolling down, down to the to the bottom. I think he had twelve touches. I mean, he's had a pretty good year f- for the for the Crows, and um, yeah, Kane was just terrific.
1: Yeah, and I think, look, it sounds like we've all pretty much picked the same players here, because I had Wingard, Boak, Hartlett and Corns as the top four, and, uh, you know, once again, as I said, it was was those best players who really stood up and just did a fantastic job. And, you know, we start looking at best young player, then I have a feeling we might all have the same name at the top. (laughs) Who do you think there, mate?
2: Uh, I'm going to say Sammy Cahoon. um, Solely because he came on early, no one really... I mean, it's been quite tough reading. You know, people don't want him in the side and they sort of do want him in the side. But, um, you know, for him to come on in his fifth game, and he had a big influence. He had a massive influence. He barely put a foot wrong. Like his spin turned out of trouble in that first quarter and giving off the handball was fantastic. Um, his coolness under pressure twice in the last quarter to, to A, kick that goal and B, um, hit Wingard for the th- uh, the third-last goal, I think it was. Um, that was great. And I'm going to do an honourable mention to Cam O'Shea, who kept uh, Tommy Lynch goalless for the first time in about eight weeks.
3: Beautiful. And Donnie, who do you think of the young guys, mate? Who do you like? Um, well, I stand out young players, obviously, Chad Wingard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I've got uh, Andrew Moore and, um, and The Hoon. Yeah, um, both had 16 touches. Moore had seven tackles. It's just that... That extra big-bodied midfielder, and um, I think last week, Maka, you said like next year's. Yeah, really excited to watch him play. I couldn't agree more. He's just going to be um, a gun, really. Like I just love the way he crashes in, and as long as he keeps on playing, he's only, only going to get better. Um, Colhoun loved absolutely loved his uh, game. Um, I don't think he'll be the sub this week. Surely not. Sixteen touches in a big game, you know. Um, I think I think he'll he'll start against the Cats, which last week he played against long He was a bit. Uh, Bit uh, frozen up there, um. But I think like more the more he plays, the better he's gonna get. He can accumulate the ball too, so he knows just how to how to find it. It's just gonna be getting a bit, a bit more composed. But he yeah he 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 was, he was great on uh Sunday.
1: Yeah, and, and once again, I pretty much agree with you guys. Wingard, obviously, for a young guy, he was a standout. He was amazing. It's it's so easy to forget that he's still a young player. I mean, he was just played an amazing game. He showed so much leadership. He stood up when it counted. It's phenomenal that he is a young player. Um, and more, what a brilliant last quarter he had. I mean, he's really starting to show why he was rated so highly, why he was picked so highly. You know, there's been a lot of critique of, of him over the last couple of years, but he's got that big body. He's got a good size about him. He's got a good game. Um, you know, I think he's going to go on to be a very, very good footballer for us. And, uh, and yeah, young Colhoun. I mean, for a, for a slight young guy, the, the confidence he showed, the composure that he showed, his disposal, his decision-making was just exceptional for someone so young, so new to the AFL scene. Um, you know, he just played a great game, and it was really exciting to see. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a player for the future. You know, he's obviously got some work to do on his, you know, building up a little bit, uh, but he's obviously got the tank there. He can run around. He's got the smarts. I think he's going to be a very good player for us for a long time to come. So it's exciting when you see those new players come in.
3: So,
1: Maka, you know, very quickly, we won't dwell on this one too much because it has been a pretty positive week. But do you want to give us a bit of a rundown of what happened to the Maggies against Norwood?
2: (laughs) Uh, They were crap. (laughs) Review over, (laughs) basically. Um, They lost 13 goals 5 to 2 goals 8 to Nord. Um, Yeah, second time in three weeks we've kicked under three goals for the game. Um, We just don't have any targets up forward. We rely on the the same players every week to win the bowl. You know, Sammy Gray, Zane Kirkwood, Ben Newton, Luke Slattery. It's the same guys every week. Um, We've got a massive leadership hole um, all across the ground. Uh, We drop our heads too often. Uh, We've got a very poor attitude uh, when it comes to, you know, when the chips are down to nutting out, you know, uh, at least a respectable score. Um, And we just lack high-quality SANFL players across the park. Um, The three big recruits for the year were Henry Slattery, um, Andrew Hayes and Jacob Surgeon. I think they've played about four games between them for the year. Um, We don't have any key forwards. Um, We don't seem to have many coming through. Um, and it's just not good enough. You know, you, you expect more. And, Maka, how much do you the off-field stuff is affecting the Magus at the moment? I'm not sure it's really going to be affecting them too much. I just don't think they're very good, to be honest. I, I just think we, <laughs> we, 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 we've got too many players that have been there for four, five, six years that seem to get games, you know, regardless of how they play, um, and we just really lack some high-quality recruits to come in and, And really give us some leadership and some high-quality output, consistent output. That's what we need is consistent output, and we just don't have it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Donnie, have you had a chance to have a look at the NFL and see some of the power plays running around, mate? Who takes your fancy from the young guys coming through?
3: I really like uh, Ben Newton. I think, um, like, I don't think he's going to get a chance this year because we're so late into the season. But um, I think next year he's a real shot. You know, he just seems once again a bit like Andrew Moore. That like good, like good size, and um, yeah, he knows how to find the ball. Um, I was actually at this game, but I didn't watch much of it. Um, <laughs> uh, I've had to say there was, um, there was more atmosphere when the um, first ball was bounced at the only just walkable C-grade game I went to a few weeks ago. Like, just no one cared. You know, it was just dead there. So I'm sad to see, you know, like in, in a way. But, yeah, just I'm a bit angry at the SNFL, so I don't really care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I thought from the power plays, it's pretty exciting to see Blee uh, stepping up. You know, obviously the best player. Um, coming into the power side this week which is pretty exciting for him Um, you know he's an interesting type it's going to be interesting to see how he goes back in the power team he's a he's an interesting size he's kind of that you know in between size is he a key position player is he a midfielder is he a runner Uh, or can he be just that real versatile player a bit like a Paul Stewart who can come in and play a number of roles and you know, give us that real flexibility, which is very important in the AFL nowadays. So um, I think it's great that he's been doing well. It's really exciting. You know, He's still only 22. It's so easy to forget. You know, you think he's this mature ager that's come in. He's been around for a couple of years. He must be, you know, mid-20s. But he's still a young guy at 22 as a, you know, as a pretty tall lad to be coming through. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what he can offer at AFL level, and you know, against Geelong, who do have a few bigger bodies, it's probably a good chance for him to come in and you know get his body in there and see what he can put up, with, you know, what he can put up for us. What do you,
2: you think, know, I, I, I agree. I, I've been raving on about belief for the last couple of weeks on the podcast, and you know, I think it's fantastic that he gets his chance now. Um, no, I reckon he'll play pretty well this week. Um, also, great to see Campbell Heath uh, continuing to play well for the Eagles, um, and Aaron Young his second really good week in a row.
1: Yeah, cool. So there's some players there, and once again, that's the exciting thing. There's some young players there who are stepping up, who are putting the runs on the board, giving us that depth to come through. Obviously, you know, we've still got a pretty skinny injury list. We have been lucky on that front, I think, this year, but it, but it's good to see those guys coming up and pushing through. And, you know, speaking of the guys coming up and pushing through, we've now got the second part of our interview with Brandon Archie. Um, so uh, sit back and have a listen to that, and, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Um.
0: What's your goal like in relation to playing for uh, the Paul Power side? Have you set yourself a target, and are the co- coaches uh, talking to you and helping you to try and achieve that, that goal?
4: Yeah, so basically every week we catch up with a development coach, so either Stewie Cochran, Tyson Edwards, or Daniel Healy, and they sort of you know give us goals for the weekend, and we're, we're told what we have to do in order to you know impress the coaches and stuff. So. As I said, the Maggies have got nine, nine weeks left, so for me it's just basically playing consistent, improving footy each week, getting better each week. Um, and if I can do that and show that I've been working on all the things during training that, that Ken Hinckley and, and the development coaches are telling me to, then if they see that, then you know there's no, no reason why I can't you know make my debut or, or get another contract. So uh, that's what I'm just hoping to do, just enjoy the last nine rounds and play some strong footy.
0: Tyson Edwards was a fantastic footballer, wasn't he? I mean three hundred and fifty odd grains for the Yeah, pros exactly.
4: So yeah. he's very um, got a wealth of knowledge and, and that's why he's a good development coach, you know. He just keeps it really simple, doesn't overcomplicate things, just watches the game with you and, and just gives you really helpful helpful tips. So he's been he's been great for me and all the other development group.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so do you get allocated a mentor or a role model other than the um, the development coaches? And if so, um, who who is it for you?
4: Yep. So the club the club's huge on off-field development, so not just development as a footy player development, as a human being. So in your first year, um, the club allocates you a mentor outside of footy. So doesn't ha- it's like almost like a life mentor sort of thing. So um, my mentor was the great port magpies player tony giles um and i catch up with him maybe once every three or four weeks just to talk about how i'm going and just you know another person just another outlet you can sort of escape from footy and and just talk to and you know feel relaxed and comfortable so yeah he's just a he's a good he's a great bloke he's been looking out for me and yeah i I look forward to catching up with him every, every
0: month get to learn from one of the best
4: yeah exactly and he's a Pretty accomplished businessman as well, so he's got all those tips and, and stuff just for you know life in general.
0: Sure, I mean we obviously I'm here with part of the online forum with big footy, but uh, obviously you got online media and newspapers and everything like that. With the players like yourself or, or the other players, is a you know is that something you avoid because you know the media can be overly critical, or you know is it something you, you look at and embrace and just sort of take? Well, a
4: look? at Port Adelaide we we embrace it because you know that's just the. The modern day trend is that media—it can be sometimes be your enemy, but most of the time it's it's huge because the biggest thing in AFL supporters. So if supporters can you know find out what's going around the club, they love that sort of stuff, and, and the players and the coaches are all really open and, and honest when talking about you know the goings on at the club. So it's just all for the you know uh, getting giving back to the community and yeah. giving back to the supporters, making sure that they're enjoying being Port Adelaide supporters because we're enjoying being players.
0: You don't. It's got to be hard with the balance, so I guess with the media, because sometimes you know, I mean, especially with the, the high-profile players, they can be a bit scathing at times, can't they? You know, Dane Swan and and all those, they can uh, they can get it. So you just got to be careful with the mm. with the feedback. But um, I've got a question here. Are um, you mates with Chad Wingard? And is Chad your idol? <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
4: the I am mates with Chad Wingard yes, um, we, were in the, we were drafted together so we sort of you know, got that, that straightaway sort of bond, yep. um, but do I, do I, is he my idol, uh, he's not my idol, but I do admire the way he goes about playing his footy obviously, yeah, having a good start to his career. So.
0: he's a good mate.
4: And he's a good mate, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, someone wanted to know, is there a nickname committee, and if there was is it true that you, you're called Liberace, have you heard of that? <laughs>
4: Um, Liberace. Yeah. There's
0: a Liberace? Yeah, that's what oh, it was yeah.
4: supposed to be, but <laughs> no, one, no one calls me that. No? <laughs> no, no. I, don't even, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a, mat, a nickname committee, but I, I think just, you know, you go by what the guy's last name is or something they've done, and that's why they get a nickname, so yeah. Liberace was never even mentioned. No? I don't know where that came from, so <laughs> not I think
0: that. I think it came up from... A pre-season game, and, and Glenn Jakovich on Foxtel said that oh. that was that was your nickname, <laughs> and, and right, then yeah. it's just and then it's just gone from there. Another one, another one of those Chinese whispers, like yeah, I guess. Yeah, I
4: guess.
0: So, do you have a nickname? Or any... Um,
4: so I've got a few nicknames. Have um, Like certain boys call me certain things. So I've got, uh, Goodsy, Roland, the Duck. <laughs> just all these random nicknames, so <laughs> just, most of the time it's just Arch though, just not yeah. when you get called Arch. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and someone to know um, who Tom Clory's flogging lifts off.
4: <laughs> Where are these questions coming from? <laughs> oh, I'd probably be, probably be Chad, because Tommy lives with Chatty, so yeah. I suppose <laughs> Chatty would be the one driving Tommy around, or probably even be Tom driving Chad around, because Chad's pretty lazy. So. Is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And who's the, uh, who'd be the the club... Joker or prankster in the in the change oh, rooms. Oh, the,
4: the biggest prankster would have to be Cain Corns. Um, he's just always playing practical jokes in the change rooms, and he's always coming up with something to be a bit of a pest. But you know, it keeps the boys entertained. So it's,
0: it's problem, cool. problem with Cain is he'd be hard to catch, wouldn't he? Just yeah, keep, and keeps on
4: running. And as soon as someone tries to give it back to him, he'll give it back tenfold. So he's, yeah, 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 he's always winning the games.
0: And uh, someone wanted to know who would the who'd be the club stud. <laughs> Be yourself? No,
4: nah, not me, not me. Um it'd probably you'd <laughs> probably have to go to Guard again. I think the ladies just I don't know, they they just love him. I don't do know they why, are? but yeah. Yeah yeah, they love him. He'd must be, be the be
0: club stud. Must be the confidence.
4: Yeah, the confidence and
0: maybe those YouTube clips where he's uh, shooting hoops and kicking yeah, goals. Yeah, I'm
4: sure that got him a bit of you know, a few brownie points with the girls and, yeah, you know, yeah. do yeah. do the things he does, so yeah, he'd, he'd be the club stud.
0: Okay, so
1: another great interview. Um, really excited to have Brendan Archie on. It's so great of the club once again. We, we'd like to put the big thank you out to the club for providing us with these players to do these interviews, give us these insights as fans into the club. Uh, once again, they just do such a brilliant job of really connecting with the fans and making us all feel part of this Port Adelaide football community, which I think is really important. So let's move on now. Let's start having a look towards next week. We've got Geelong at Simmons Stadium, which is... a uh, Which is a big ask, and as I've been proven that over the last few years, Maka, what do you expect to happen this week, mate?
2: Oh, look, it's going to be a tough one, that's for sure. Um, I mean, can we win? I think we can. I honestly think we can. I mean, as I mentioned right at the start, you know, we've got this aura about us at the moment where I just don't think we can go into any game without thinking that we can not win. Like I honestly believe that we can win this game. Um, it'll take a mighty effort to do so, um, but I think Geelong are entirely be- uh, beatable. I mean, they lost last week. They've made a lot of changes to the side. Um, they've they've made five changes, um, and they've taken both their ruckman out in uh, Blickavs and, and West. Uh, so they're going to put a lot of pressure on Nathan Vardy to, to handle the ruck work, I think. Um, I mean, the key to Geelong, um, if you look at the stats, they're actually 16th in clearances. Um, they're pretty low in hitouts, but they're first in inside 50. So what that tells you, I think, is that um, you know they're well used to playing to a losing Ruckman. Um, and they get a lot of their run from half-back. I mean, their half-backs, uh, well, their defense as a whole is fantastic. Um, they win the ball, and then they get it forward. So I think the key to beating Geelong is making sure that their half-back line's accountable. I think that's where we really lost the game last time we played them. Um, Looking at the stats from the last game, um, Harry Taylor had 29 touches, 10 marks. Jimmy Bartell had 27 touches, 8 marks. Corey Enright had 25 touches, 10 marks. And Andrew Mackey had 23 touches and 9 marks. So, I mean, they're huge numbers for defenders. Um, So if we we can stop that, if we can stop their run um, through the corridor... Um, And make sure that we have that quick movement through the middle part of the ground as well. Um, And I think that's how North beat them last week. I mean, they blocked the corridor, they forced them wide, they forced them to play short. um, They stopped their run through the midfield. Um, And something that was really noticeable is that they went one-on-one all over the ground. Um, They waited for the turnover. They used Pagan's paddock to great effect. Um, And I think it proves that Geelong can be, you know, if we can force them into turnovers, um, we can score very, very quickly against them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the key with Geelong. I don't think they're the team anymore that's willing to grind out a tough game. But they seem to be a team that you know when they're on, when they're in front, if you give them any space, they'll cut you up and absolutely you know, decimate you. But if you just don't give them that space, if you make, them, if you make it a hard work for them, if you make them play short, as you said, make them play wide, make them fight for every contested ball, You know, play a really, really solid defensive game with lots of defensive pressure, they just don't seem willing to really work through that anymore. Um, and, and I think that's that's the opening we've got. I mean, it's going to be very tough for us. We're still a young team. We still do have that inconsistency. Um, and so we're going to have to bring that defensive pressure for all four quarters if we want to beat them. You know, If we lapse against them, even for half a quarter, even for 10 minutes, you know they'll pile on five goals and they'll kill the game um, so so I think really it, it does come down to us if, if we can apply that pressure consistently for a whole game I think we'll win uh, but I think that's going to be a big ask against the cats I think we yeah, chances are we just give them that one little opening and I reckon they'll jump in and take it and they, they do just have that top end talent they have that skill they can really hurt teams and uh, and that's that's the worry I guess from the from our point of view I think is that, that if we just give them that little window they'll run right over the top of us what do you think Donny
3: uh, yeah, well, I, I think the real key here is, um, last time we played them, Hawkins and Poggi able to kick 10 goals between them. Um, Trent Grove wasn't there though, you know, so I'm hoping that he can, uh, really short us up down back. We've been a really good, tight defensive unit, um, in recent weeks and we're going to need to be on Saturday. Um, I'd like to see Westhoff late in games, late in quarters, sorry, just floating back and trying to play that loose role, um like a bit like he did in the last quarter against the Saints. You know, he really showed us up down there. And when when we're, we've got a six-day break versus an eight-day break to them, um, they're going to finish quarter strong. Um, and I'd really, really hope my uh, pet peeve um, is just how we just stop playing for ten minutes. You think of that Essendon game early in the second quarter. I think they kicked six in about eight minutes, and um, Geelong can do that to us. You know, so we really need to limit that if we're going to have a, a fade out try and just clog it up and really make it a, a scrap um as maca said i think um you know i think we'll win the clearances uh john doesn't really, really care about that all that all that often <laughs> um but uh, the midfield battle is going to begin to be huge and that's how we can really stop their tall forward from getting on on t- top of us um i've got travis Burke, Brady, but hamish Hartler. they're the three guys that are going to win us this this game we need them to stamp their o- authority all over it hamish is our big match winner um he can just add that bit of polish and 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 class. Uh, boke has been in exceptional form, obviously, all season, um, and especially after having last year when you know Geelong just kind of came in and thought they'd swoop him off back to Kardinia Park. I think Trav might uh, want to prove that he's a bit of a poor Adelaide boy and really cracking hard on uh, Saturday. Um, liking it a bit to the Sydney game where we just need we've just won with four hard quarters of, of contested ball. We're going to need to. to do that. We're going to need to be really hungry, and if we can pull off the impossible and win, then uh, finals, <laughs> pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it's one of those games as well. I think where if we can get over the line, um, then you know it really does set us up for finals. It sends a bit of a message to the competition and says, hey, you know, we're not just here to make up the numbers. We're actually going to be a genuine contender in the finals. And I think it'll give the boys confidence that they can win a final too. You know, I think it'll. So I think from that perspective, it'd be a great game to win. But so. You know, Maka, what's your tip, mate? What do you think going to happen?
2: I think we'll win. I honestly think we'll win. I'm going to like tip Port by uh, eight points.
3: Nice. And Donnie, what are your thoughts, mate? Has anyone not hit Port Adelaide on this podcast yet? Because I don't, I don't. want to the You first might be the line. first.
1: You might be the first, but um, I might be the second straight after you. So it's okay.
3: I'm, I'm gonna. Um, I don't know. I think. Uh, I think Mac's optimism might have uh, swayed me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Port by four again. We'll just sneak home. Nice. Hopefully. We have had
1: a couple of close ones, so a, you know they say things come in threes. But um, <laughs> I think I've been a bit too optimistic in my predictions recently, so I'm going to tone it down a little bit. I reckon Geelong are going to get it get over the line by 21 points. Um, I reckon we're going to stick with them for most of the game and they're just going to give them that one little window and they'll, they'll sneak past us, but I really hope I'm wrong. So thanks for coming on again this week, guys. Hopefully all the fans out there are enjoying it. We'd love to hear your feedback on the big footy thread, obviously, so jump on there, tell us what you think, tell us what your expectations are for the game, and uh, until next week, go
3: Power. Cheers, guys. Power. Girls, go, boys. Need to kick a goal here because we're 29 minutes
2: gone. And the breeze is going left to right. This oh, is one is of the toughest kicks ever. And he's a long way out. He hits it. Oh, what a and He's kicked it. I think.
3: Hodges kicks it. I oh, don't believe it. Port Adelaide, you are miracle workers. That is unbelievable. So, what Hodges has kicked it. Unbelievable. What a player!
2: That is one of the most difficult shots for goal you could ever imagine. The breeze is going strongly from left to right. He's had to thread that through the eye of a needle.